Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I am Josh Why and I'm joined again on the hotline bling by my best buddy, Josh Woot. How's your week been, buddy? Not as good. The uh, the streak is over. Yeah, the and Eagles streak. Hit, hit the bleep button for me a few times because it shouldn't have been a loss. Done. Yeah, mate, there was so many things happened in that game. Yep. Like, the Eagles the Eagles offense played, you know, particularly well. It was mm. just... Uh, Even though it was a loss, I thought that was Carson's probably best game. Even any threw mm. a pick too, but I don't care about that Carson, whole... But they, even even the pick, the pick was amazing. pinpoint perfect. He got the slayed. The throw was perfect. The throw itself yep. should have been caught. The should receiver, caught. yeah, exactly. That's why or, I don't, that's why or, I don't like the whole pick not, thing. Not necessarily, not necessarily should have been caught, the... Aguilar should have made a play to not let Darius Slay intercept it. But credit to Darius Slay, he forced the fumble from Ryan Matthews, who should be yep. dropped now. <laughs> and, well, sorry, like, you're a professional running back. Your name was already kind of, you know, up in the air whether you should be the starting running back. And then he carries it with the wrong hand and not holding it with two hands in that kind of scenario is just, you know, asking for trouble. Mm. And then Darius Slay causes the, the fumble, then does the pick, and, you know, he single-handedly won it for him in the end. But mm. Some uh, woot heat early on. Some early on Mate, heat. The, uh, the penalty count was also insane. If, if the penalty <laughs> count up. was not that high, far out. But yeah, anyway. Just... Before we move on, I just want to say that whole <clears throat> most, you know, throws of that interception to start your career thing, I'm sick and tired of hearing about that. That pick from Wentz is exactly the reason why. Like, that was an insane throw. Some of the best throws in the NFL are actually intercepted because they are the most ballsy throws. They either result in spectacular touchdowns or they're going to be in an amazing play by a defensive back that leads to an interception. In this case, it was Darius Slay making an incredible play. But that's just yeah. that's just my take on that whole stat thing that drives me Wild, I had a bit of an argument with a, with a listener on Twitter about it because he was saying that I don't think interceptions are important, but I just think that that whole stat thing is irrelevant because, you know, Dak might go 160 passes that are picked, but his next, you know, 20 might have three picks in it, and it's just all irrelevant, the, the first yeah. 160. And but anyway. It, it, it could be a blessing in disguise now. That, it's, yeah. you know, that, that whole shadow is remember that, gone. Remember that whole thing with Mariota in the preseason? I hadn't thrown a pick in OTAs and all that sort of stuff. It, like, just... Who cares? Move on. Like it's it's just irrelevant. Anyway, um, week five. Apart from your Eagles, I know you're you're coming in really hot early, but uh, it was a good success uh, for Moneyball. Uh, we had Mitchell Doyle on last week. We had some really big success. I wanna I want a hail mary play, and I came second in the uh, free hail mary play as well. So I had a really good Moneyball week, and then from you, you had a really good betting week. So now you're. Uh, your current success, you're starting to claw back to 500. Meanwhile, I'm struggling, um, to, you know, just horrible on picks. Yeah, so. it wasn't a bad week. I'm actually not not too, uh, I'm not dreading this week either. It looks, it looks yeah, okay. The, the NFL's starting to make a bit more sense again. I think that's that's where we're at. By the way, before we get to, to news and in our takeaways, I had a funny story. I was working Sunday night. I, I cover the NFL for work and I got in at like 10 o'clock that night and I was like, I need to get some dinner. So it's like 11.30. So I go down across the street to McDonald's. I'm in town hall. I get my McDonald's. I come back. I got a quarter pounder and some nuggets. I was very, very hungry after basketball. And I so eat. that's a small meal. That's a yeah. small wire meal, listeners. Yeah, go. <laughs> I eat my Maccas and then I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So I stand up and then my thongs break. And I wear thongs because overnight there's no one in the office. I can wear thongs. I can wear whatever I want. And I was like, God. Oh, sorry. Rebel. I know. I was like, What God. a rebel. <laughs> Without a cause. And yeah. so my thongs break. And I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do? Like, it's night shift. People are going to be coming in in suits the next morning, Monday morning, start of the week. I can't, like, leave the office and catch the train from town hall home barefoot. Like, I need to do something. And then I remembered downstairs in my building outside in the galleries in town hall there's a there's a Haviana vending machine I was like sweet I'll just go down and buy some thongs I go down and of course the thing's out of order like it's not working and by the way I walk past it today and it's working again I'm like Ugh. and then so I ju- I'm barefoot at this point I walk across to the convenience 
store. The Ukrainian bloke in there has got no idea what the hell I'm talking about when I'm asking for thongs. He's just got no clue at all. So I was like, what am I going to do? And then I see Woolworths across town hall. So I'm running across, and they just clean the streets. So the streets are soaking wet, and I'm barefoot. I walk in, and I buy this $2 pair of Australian thongs that, like, Japanese tourists wear, and that's what I had to wear my entire shift and home the next morning, and they lasted a day. They have, they have since broken as well. You're my hero. That's, uh... <laughs> I felt homeless for a little bit. Like, I walked into Woolworths without shoes, and people were looking at me really funny. So judgmental. No, I like it. I like it. You, uh, you know, you utilize what you had. I was resourceful. Very, yeah, that's it. That's the word. We'll try and make this as short, sharp, and sweet as possible because we've got plenty of takeaways to uh, to bring you. Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson's been suspended 10 games for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. His appeal was denied by the arbitrator, but it might not be the end of the story. Johnson, Johnson's counsel said they will consider all available legal options. So we're heading down some more uh, arbitration and some more legal uh, cases here, but... Ultimately, at the moment, Johnson's eligible return in Week 16. Left guard Alan Barber was expected to make the switch to right tackle, but Philadelphia might turn to rookie Halalopalavatai. Vatai. Did I say that right? No, you murdered it. Okay. Absolutely, Absolutely. murdered it. <laughs> I butched it. Yeah, no. Can um, you say it? Halalopalavatai. No, he's... Um, yeah, no, I definitely think he'll start. Okay. If he doesn't start, it would actually surprise me. Okay. I think in I was when they drafted him, and there was there was talk that he might be actually better suited to the um, the tackle position, even though he was drafted as a guard. Yep. And then there was <clears throat> in in rookie minicamp and things like that. The 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 word out was that you know he looked a bit shaky, but during the preseason and during um, camp now, the the stories have been great. They're saying that he you know he's playing terrifically. So this this might be the future. It might be. You know, um, Valtai, Valtai on on the right tackle position, and then when Lane Johnson eventually comes back, he'll replace the um, you know the never retiring Jason Peters. Hmm. But it could be a glimpse at your future of, of Valtai on the right side and Johnson ultimately on your left side. You could always push Peters into guard later in his age and and things like that. But obviously, you're, the concerns aren't too high. Lane Johnson's been your best player, but Wentz has shown the ability to to handle pressure quite well surprisingly and that's been one of the one of the good things about Wentz to start the year yeah yep all right moving on free agent Greg Hardy has decided to just has, has decided to pursue a career in mixed martial arts basically it's the end of his football career so we can celebrate Woo! good times so we don't have to see Hardy in the NFL ever again and I for one I, I would pay good money to see Greg Hardy actually be on the receiving end of some abuse for a change I would love to see Greg Hardy get punched repeatedly in the face a hundred times. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Definitely, that's a definite uh, main event I'd like to see. Yeah, this this is just it's just great. I love it how he's just assuming that he's going to be good at it. Like I, I'm sure, like any um, you know name that's out there in the media will line up an easy fight yep. to start off and make it look like he's you know an absolute beast. But if he was to verse anyone of substance, he'd get his head kicked in. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Greg Hardy just get absolutely punched in the face repeatedly. So <laughs> I will pay good money to that. It's up there with, you know, Anthony Mundine fights. Everyone used to pay money to watch Anthony Mundine uh, lose boxing matches. And I'm not comparing Mundine to Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy's done far worse than what Mundine's ever done in his life. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm never going to support Greg Hardy, although buying pay-per-view helps like he ma- him make money, so it's like kind of bittersweet. <laughs> You're stuck in this right, moral conundrum. So we'll, all right, we'll watch it on Periscope. <laughs> yeah, we were, <laughs> we were wrought the system as a as a middle finger to you, Greg Hardy. So, <laughs> you mate. Uh, the 49ers have formally announced that Colin Kaepernick is their week six starter at quarterback. Basically, Chip Kelly had one choice. Gabbard had been stinking up the joint, and he decided to to make the change. Uh, so, Colin Kaepernick. Can I, yep. Can I just say that? We spoke last week and asking about what we want on the agenda, and I said it needs to be mentioned that Kaepernick has to replace Gabbard. And you were like, "Oh man, it might be too soon. It might be too, mate. Yeah, the time has come." Well, my my issue was about the the 
injury guarantee and the and the contract stuff. But apparently USA reporting that they're going to restructure all that, so it'll it'll all be fine. But it'll make Colin Kaepernick a free agent in March, so that the deal helps both sides because the 49ers obviously would prefer Colin Kaepernick to be on the field, but they don't want to risk that injury guarantee. And it also helps Colin because if he plays well, he's a free agent at the end of the year, and he can either you know be re-signed by the 49ers if they think he warrants a job there, or he can increase his value somewhere else in the NFL. But it's it's not necessarily assumed that he'll go better than Blaine Gabbert. Like obviously they've kept him out, you know, obviously because of that injury reason. But all the talk in practice and preseason was, was that he was struggling and Gabbert was outplaying him in camp. So we'll wait and see. Maybe it's just in the game. Colin Kaepernick will start to embrace, you know, what he used to be able to do as a passer. It's it's hard. You you go back and watch footage of him last year and he was throwing at receivers' feet and things like that. But then you go back a couple of years before that and he was, you know, electric. And you could see why Jaws on ESPN said that. You know, he would take Colin Kaepernick over anybody. So it'd be interesting to see. It'll, it'll certainly make the 49ers a more interesting watch anyway. Yes, they couldn't be any duller at the moment. They're, uh, <laughs> they started off not too bad in the first game, and then, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice. The, just... uh, the, first round, the first round of 49ers win at home is an aberration in the NFL. It's almost a trope now that they'll win their first week matchup, and it'll just uh, be all downhill from there. So they did it against the Vikings last year. They did it against the Rams this year, and uh, we'll wait and see how uh, Colin Kaepernick pans out. But he plays the uh, he plays the Bills. Yeah, I try to combine. Uh, I think, and, and that was a mistake. I, I think we got to be all in. You know, it's kind of like being half pregnant. You know, forget that. We're all in. So we're fully pregnant now. Yeah. All right. Who's the uh, Who's the next Browns quarterback to step up? It's a good question. It would be. Uh... Kevin Hogan, possibly. You know, we've got a question later in our mailbag about over-under on the number of Brown quarterbacks this year, but Browns have promoted Kevin Hogan to their practice squad. They've released Charlie Clipboard, Jesus Whitehurst, and you can't count out Josh McCown. He's still in the mix. You know, he was rumored to be, you know, two to four weeks. It's been three weeks now, so we may see... Josh McCown at quarterback, but Kevin Hogan is basically going to back up Cody Kessler, who uh, had a rib injury. But they just seem to be dropping like flies. Yeah, lit- like literally though, they just they just fall. <laughs> it's um, I don't know. It's it's the worst job in the world. Yeah, you, you feel like you just honestly you think yes, like this is my chance to become an NFL quarterback. You go out there, you would just be dreading that job mm. it would suck so much being drafted by the browns must be like as a quarterback you're just hoping they pass on you every I, time yeah i would definitely do the eli manning thing <laughs> and just not nah. <clears throat> no just, just completely refuse and just think no way i'd like to not only just you know have a career i'd like to survive and it seems to happen so. in the most browns way either like cody kessler had probably his best drive as a browns like quarterback, he he evened the game up at seven all and and looked good. Like the p- p- touchdown pass to Hawkins was amazing. It was a really great pass, and Hawkins' celebration was hilarious too. He he was like so robotic, like what the NFL wants their receivers to do after the thing after a touchdown in regards to celebration. So it was like the perfect Browns play. You're like, yes, they're in this. They could probably possibly cover the line, and they're only a touchdown away from covering that line. And and then he goes down the next play, and it's clipboard Jesus and Terrell Pryor and just a clown car of quarterbacks. It's just, it's so unfortunate when you, you think they're getting a roll on and they're showing something that they're just ultimately cursed. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, you, you got to feel, you got to feel for Cody Kessler. Like he was making the most of a, you know, a bad situation. And yeah. then that happens. So. Yeah. It's uh, it, it is unfortunate, but uh, we'll move on. Dolphins guard or tackle, however you want to call him. Laramie Tunsil, he was a he was a scratch on Sunday morning last last week, and many thought it might have been a healthy scratch. But it's been reported that he re-injured his ankle in the shower on Sunday morning. He uh, nah. he slipped in the shower. Nah, you don't believe it? I call I call bull. <laughs> you call bull? <laughs> yeah, no way. So it's just it's too it's too uh, first. It just is. <laughs> The amount of the amount of ridiculous accidents that happen like this is just insane. Like, okay, there are accidents that are just crazy. Yeah. Like I remember Darren McFadden. Jason, yeah, and I remember Jason Peters ruptured his um, ACL, and then literally like two weeks later, he was standing on one of those machines that you just vibrate on. You yep. know those things? Yep. And he and then I'm not sure what happened, but he stepped back and fell off that, and then ruptured ruptured it again within oh, two weeks. God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he sued the company, but the, anyway, that. Yeah, like, that is a mistake. Sleeping in the shower. Like, I know that happens, but come on, man. Far out. Well, Adam Gay said he jacked his ankle up. So, I don't know. It seems a little bit... He, they reckon he'll miss week six and then be out, be back next week. So, I'm not sure whether 
I don't know what we'll call whether whether you believe it or not. He's out week six, and they've got a lot of issues on their offensive line. They they released three interior guards today. I don't think they have the bodies to replace them or build upon that. So it's a bit of a mess up front. Can Sue much. play both sides of the ball? <laughs> he may as well. You get, you've got it no. Might, it might have to happen. You've got no other options really. And I know Ryan Tannehill. It's easy to throw him under the bus, but there was a point last week where he had twenty dropbacks, and when you looked at it, he had like either three sacks, six, six quarterback hurries, and seven hits. It ended up equaling every single quarterback drop back in regards to pressure. So he was under, under pressure every single play. And it's tough to really get you, get get into momentum and, and complete your reads and your passes when you're under so so much constant pressure. By the way, speaking of shower stories, should we relay our, our buddy Sean's shower story? Um, if you if you if you want to, he does. I'm sure he doesn't listen anyway. Uh, but basically, our mate Sean uh, dislocated his shoulder uh, when he was in high school. Uh, his parents were away in Europe, and he was quote unquote shadow boxing in the shower and dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> and his aunt had to uh, come in and dress him and take him down to hospital. So, just imagine being naked in front of your auntie and having her to dress you as a teenage as a teenage boy. Oh boy. Good times. Yeah, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. So, uh, even... <laughs> Don't shadow box in the shower, ladies and gentlemen. All right, it's, t- it's time to get our week five takeaways. All right, let's uh, just some quick points before we get into some major talking points. Brady's return, as expected, against the Cleveland defense, he completely carved them up. Uh, having Martellus Bennett and Gronk on the same field at the same time seems legitimately unfair. Yeah, no, yeah. Every, everything looked good for the offense. Every single aspect of it looks great. And then when they questioned him, he said, I've got so much to work on. So th- there you go. That's that's just a competitor talking like that. Um, yeah, but if, yeah, but even even down the field, Hogan. Hogan making yeah, plays and down the I'll, field. I'll say this about Brady, and one knock on him the last few years is his deep passing has not been good, and that's always been the thing for me is I'll take Rodgers or, or Ben or Palmer because they throw the ball that can complete all the throws. But Brady actually looked really fresh. That four weeks might actually end up becoming a huge favor for for Brady and the Patriots because he'll be so much fresher come like playoffs because he's had, it's a 12-game season for him and his arm will be so much better for it. So might actually back, yeah, th- backfire. Think about it that way. Out of all this, Goodell makes Brady better <laughs> by resting him yep. and then... The Patriots have seen what they've got in their quarterbacks now in competitive games. It actually means something. Yep. Garoppolo looks good, and then he can continue to learn behind Brady. And or then Brissett didn't, yeah, or trade him for you know probably ten picks. Just as, yeah, <laughs> ten picks. And then yeah, no, it's it's just well done, well done, Goodell. You're just making a mess, but <laughs> whatever. Well, ended up doing all right, and uh, they're just on a collision course right now, Brady and Goodell, to be on the podium in February together in a very awkward handshake, maybe one of the most awkward handshakes of all time. I'm thinking Brett Stewart, you know, uh, what was the old NRL CEO? Remember that whole uh, scenario? Um, oh, what's his name? It's gone blank. Wow. David Gallup? That's it. David Gallup, Brett Stewart scenario for all our Australian listeners. You'll understand that. Uh, USA <laughs> listeners, carry on. But I just want to ask you one thing as well. The Steelers' offense looked amazing. Straight fire. Semi Coates was unbelievable. Uh, you look at his box scores, it's like two for 97, three for 104. It's just amazing. Who- I know, but see, that, that's, a, that's a worrying thing. Like, not, it- only, like, not only is it like terrific, right? It's, it's amazing what he's doing. But he was targeted 13, 12, oh, 13 yeah, times. That's, the guy's got to catch the ball. Yeah, he did hurt his finger in the second half, so he did mention that. And he, he admits that he's got to work on his hands, and that's always been the knock on semi coats. But I'm just talking like pure deep threat and deep passing. Ben Roethlisberger, when he hit semi coats on that touchdown pass, that was probably the best-looking touchdown I've ever seen. It, the ball was just like spinning uncontrollably fast through the air. I couldn't believe it. Better, who's a better trio in the NFL? Like, who scares you more? Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, or now this Brady Bennett Gronk combo? No, um, it's it's a tough question for me. Like it's close because this Bennett and Gronk thing is like you got to factor in that they can block unbelievably well as well. No, like, like I'm I'm far more legitimately scared of the Patriots offense still. Yep. There's there's too many options. Like Blount has a particular style and everything, but he's so effective mm. at what he does. And yep. even if he's not, even if he's not gaining that many yards. 
he's still grinding away and you still have to account for him. So yeah. no matter how bad he's performing, he still gets the carries and he still has to be accounted for. And then in the backfield, you have your James Whites that just pop out of nowhere and yeah. just make it trouble for him. So he's, like as, he's a, as a well James White. Yeah, he's underrated. Yeah, he is. And but like it's a completely well rounded unit. If if Martavius Bryant was there, now that would be Totally that would be different. an interesting conundrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for me, like, this Bennett and Gronk combo, I think it might actually be better than Hernandez and Gronk. I know Hernandez was incredibly athletic, but so is Martellus Bennett. I think his athleticism is really underrated, and I think he's a far better blocker than Aaron Hernandez uh, ever was. He is, no, he is, he is a far better blocker, but I think even though he scored three touchdowns, which is just ridiculous, yep. when you look at the actual, like, the the spread of it all, he wasn't that involved con- compared to Gronk. Gronk no. c- completely overshadowed him in, in the grand scheme of things, but he kind of only had, you know, just but you looked those at... catches and then score. Yeah, like... but if you looked at, like, one of them, he was just wide open because all the attention was on Gronk, and that's like... Oh, no, yeah. yeah it's, it's def- but it will definitely change. Teams will account for that now, and the, I think they I think they were looking at it that Brady and Gronk are back, and even though that was still a big connection... It was, um, you know, I, I think they were thinking that um, Bennett was going to block far more often than he did. Mm. I mean, he did block a lot, but you know what I mean? He yeah. was, yeah. Like, he, 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 he made more receptions than Gronk, but they were all, you know, just like, yeah. I mean, the average was nearly half of what Gronk got. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of Gronk was on that one play where he just bowling balled over like seven or eight Browns defenders, which was just Gronk being Gronk. But I think Bennett will be like really inconsistent this year. He'll have games where he'll have like 12 catches or something like that and just be the guy that's funneled through. And then there'll be games where he'll have two receptions because he is used to block and Gronk will have those games. And that's the freedom that Belichick and Brady do. He'll, He'll just rotate who's that game changer for them every week. And you know, Belichick's now got a full arsenal of weapons and the AFC is really on notice here. And this, I think, I can't wait for the Steelers and Pats to play because I think that's going to be a, a real legitimate battle for the number one seed, um, you know, moving forward and looking looking ahead in the AFC. Do you, do you remember what our predictions were? Uh, I think Steelers and Patriots were pretty much our, our two picks in the AFC. I'll have to go back and have a look. I was a lot higher I, on I really Cincy. Feel my, I really feel mine was... Um... Patriots Green Bay was it Patriots Green Bay or Patriots Seattle? Yeah, you had. I, like had, like I think you had Patriots. We both we both either had the Patriots or Steelers in making that final, but I think they're the two. I was a lot higher on Cincinnati than I thought because I thought Dalton coming back and and they've been underperformed. I think we'll we'll definitely be talking about Cincinnati next week if they uh, lose to the Patriots, which is expected. But we'll wait and see how they go. I'm already ready to talk about them. I'm already I'm ready to <laughs> put a fork in a mate. Too many uh too many talking points. CJ Mosley, did you see that interception and then the picks? Hit? Yeah, I'll I'll talk about this because this is something that you know press the beep again. All right, <laughs> done. Me off. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's. It's starting. These these are the kind of stupid things that just make the NFL absolutely baffling. Like from someone that doesn't watch the sport, yep, and is trying to learn the game, or you know, just watching it. It's hard enough to learn all the rules as it is. Yep. Two feet inbound, and if they're watching the whole what's a catch, yep. what isn't a catch, no matter how long you've been watching the game, you still don't know the yep. answer. And but when it comes to this, not only does like. I understand it not being a touchdown. That's fine. But the fact that the other team gets the ball for not doing any... Like, I know. Kirk Cousins got ridiculous. a 17-yard gain from throwing a what should have been a pick throwing six. It in this, I know. And <laughs> it's just not only like that, I, Moses getting some harsh criticism. For a guy that, you know, for a guy that... unbelievable does, interception. He, he doesn't train for that. He no. just runs. He will run towards the... the he, he just sees... Oh my god! I'm going yeah. to score a yeah. touchdown. He may and score he, he two. He, to make his that life. Play. Yeah, he might score two touchdowns his whole entire life. I don't blame the guy for doing that. I can't believe he's copying criticism. That's a, I know. I, and I and we and we praise coaches for having the balls and to go for it. Why can't this guy? You know, go for it. it. it yeah, I know. Exactly. So it, I mean, it didn't come off. But then, like Del Rio, we're all saying how amazing he was. But if yep. it didn't come off, we'd yep. probably be like, yeah, but it was worth a shot. Yeah, exactly. And for me, like, I just think the rule's stupid. I think if he fumbles it out, of the, it should be, it should have been the Ravens ball at the twenty or something like that. I, I don't know. They need to fine tune that because no, there's, yeah, there's no I, way the I Redskins should have got the ball back. That's just ridiculous, and that changed the whole game. Um, the Ravens or, were. Or they should, or they should do it just like they, just like they do it if it goes out the sideline. You get the ball from where you fumbled it. You yeah. know you can't you can't 
gain any advantage from fumbling it out. Hmm. So if I if I'm running and I accidentally you know fumble have, it, I have butterfingers and I slip it twenty meters up, twenty yards upfield, and then it goes out of bounds and the other yeah. team doesn't touch it. I don't gain twenty yeah. yards. I get yeah. it from where I lost yeah. control. It should have been yeah from the three or ultimately it should have been the Ravens ball. But anyway, yeah. that's a silly rule. Uh, we'll move on. By the way, cost them the game. Yep, a, lo- a couple of more quick points. Is this the end? Is the end near for Eli Manning? Because he hasn't looked comfortable since week one. He looks really confused and baffled. I think he 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 just doesn't look comfortable. I don't think it's the end because the the team is legitimately good. There are some really good pieces there still, and I I still think the offense will get going. But there's just there's been so much changeover, like Vereen and mm, Jennings true. and that that whole aspect. And Offensive line's been whole... horrible too since yeah, week and one. That is, ask any quarterback. You know, a bad offensive line just hurts you so bad. You don't have time to use these awesome weapons that you've got with Cruz, yep. Sterling, and um, OBJ. So it's yep. just, it is really, really frustrating. And, like, look at me. Look at me talk about everybody, how hard it is for Eli Manning. Yeah, no. If anyone knows wow, me, Wow, you're I'm, a changed man. I know. You've, you've come a... I'm a changed man. The... But, you know, Dak Prescott can go F himself. But anyway, I'll... I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about um, Yeah. Anyway, no, but, I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's far too harsh. I think yeah. I think they'll bounce back. It's a question that needed to be asked though. Um some things we already knew uh but were, you know, further confirmed by week five. The Vikings are good, Osweiler is terrible, the Steelers' offense is straight fire, the Jets' failure on defense continues. The Jets only had one quarterback hit in forty eight dropbacks from Big Ben. That's bad when you have that stud defensive line. And the Miami Dolphins franchise is living an actual groundhog day. It's uh it's it's the same season for the last 15 years. It just seems like it's the exact same no matter who's in charge, who's in management, who's at coach, who's at quarterback. It just seems to be the same thing over the last 15 years. So uh, we'll wait and see how that pans out. Longer term, that might be something for the halfway point is to you know, dissect what's going on in Miami and what needs to change. But yeah. moving okay. on. To, yep. But one thing, how good is Sam Bradford? He's playing unbelievable. And, uh, I'm the guy's amazing. I'm happy and... for the guy. I told you he's great, and mm. no one bloody believed me. And I know this got a lot of credit goes to the that defense. That is North correct. Turner, but you know, no Stefan Diggs goes out there, makes anyone look good. Awesome. He uh, he had me feeling <clears throat> good. No. Thank you. Uh, that pun's been made by a thousand people this weekend. But anyway, I'm still going to use thousand and one now. Uh, yeah, I, I tweeted it during the game, so I'll uh, I'll take oh, credit. Jesus, Josh, come on, mate. <laughs> All right. Up your pun game. Our main takeaway this one of our main takeaways this week is how many more different ways can the Chargers lose games? It's just becoming ridiculous here, and we've got some really impressive data compiled by the Washington Post. Before you say this, yep. Before you say your amazing statistics, yep. There was I'm listening to the <clears throat> I'm listening to this game right, and the, like the commentator said, it, it's it was actually literally impossible for the Chargers to have this start. It was like it was actually we're going to get impossible the, the data on that to have this start. So go, just, go, go. It is unbelievable, and you're right. It is it is literally impossible. So basically, you know that the Chargers have strung together four improbable, gut wrenching, throw your remote at the TV defeats in the past five weeks. We're not even Chargers fans, and it's frustrating. Had... We don't hear from we don't hear from my cousin that often. But I really have to check in. Can we because... just get it? Can we get Weeksy on the phone if they like win or lose this week? On can we get him on the pod? Just he has some really weird opinions on the team as well. So uh, I think we need. He has he has like opinions where he'll just go. Even if he, oh yeah, th- this linebacker is really good, and you're like, who? Yeah, Jatavis <laughs> Brown, right? I love that guy. But yeah. maybe even if he just leaves your voice message and we'll just play it. Because uh, I feel like if we ask him questions, he'll just give one word answers, which is. Textbook Weeksy, so it would, probably go, wouldn't be good yeah, podcast yeah, material. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they've had two shank punts, a muffed field goal snap, three huge fumbles, and all this stuff. So prior to week five, the Chargers had already blown games where the fourth quarter odds of victory were ninety nine point nine percent, and another against the Colts in week three, where they dropped a game despite an eighty four point seven percent win probability with two minutes and five seconds left. So collectively, when you you look at these fourth quarter odds, so they've had two 99.9% probability wins and an 84% probability win. Then against the Raiders, they had a 77.9% probability win at the time. So if you correlate that all together, so the, the odds of losing the first four 
of those of those games worked out to zero point zero 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 three four percent. So if you ran a computer simulation from these games, it would be thirty million times the charges would lose all four just once in thirty million times. That's that's the probability we're at. And if you actually did the simulation on the five games, two thirds of the time you actually would have them being five and zero, perfect, a perfect five and zero. That's more probable than what they are at the moment. They're an amazing football team, and I think we've cursed them as having them as it's, the team. It's of just the pod. unbelievable how they've lost these games, and it just baffles me. And that that field goal attempt was just you knew it was coming. Like you just knew, like how could they screw this up? So. How are they going to lose against the Broncos? Like we've already got the two muff, the two punts, the field goal snap, and a few fumbles. So what's what's coming this week against the Broncos? How are they going to lose this game, man? Well, to be honest, I actually like them against the Broncos. Mm, Pack didn't peek. do enough for me. So Sim- uh, Simeon maybe Simeon is going to be starting. All right, then. Well, now I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I feel really, really sorry for Philip Rivers. I, I really feel sorry for Rivers. He's averaging. So do I. And it's, have you seen? Did you see his press conference? No, I missed the press conference, but I saw him was, mouth where the bad news bears during the game when they when that missed field yeah, goal thing no, happened. No, but he, he was he pretty much said, you know, we're out of ways to lose games now. So you know, <laughs> unless they just go out and get absolutely hammered and they go, oh, there was that way. Yeah, there's the traditional <laughs> way to lose games. <laughs> yeah, so, so to be honest, that could be it. But Philip Rivers never really goes out embarrassingly. Like even when he's yeah, losing, it I seems him to so be. Much. Okay. Sorry, I just love. I'll Maybe you can have a thirteenth kid with him. Adopt me, please, Philip. Make me one of your twenty-five children. All right. We'd actually have a lot more money. We could have a proper studio and everything, man. It would. Oh, we'd live the right. high life. All right. But Calm he's a, he's averaging two hundred and ninety-three point eight yards a game, sixty-eight percent completion rate. He's lost his number one weapon. His number two weapon in Denny Woodhead. He's thrown eleven touchdowns to only three interceptions, and he's not just dinking and dunking. He's doing eight point five yards an attempt, which is unbelievable. He's just if they were five and zero or four and one or three and two, even he would be in the MVP race, and I still think he should be in the MVP race. But because his record's terrible, he'll never win it. But he is playing at an unbelievable rate. It's I feel so sad for him. It, it, he does not deserve this at all. <laughs> I don't know what more I can say. Yeah, the, the guy's just he's he's a very very unlucky player. Yeah, and a good player, but just unlucky. Yeah, I uh, I, I st- he's like the, he's like the player version of the Browns. I will pound the table for Philip Rivers when it when it's all said and done for him to go into the Hall of Fame. I think he deserves to be in there. I just feel like he won't get in because of the, the whole rings thing, but he uh, he deserves it. Another positive is Joe Bosa had a really explosive what, debut. What did I, I... I mentioned it every week. I'm saying that, you know, they keep losing, but the one thing they have to look out for now is to have a positive season and get, yeah, you know, pieces, right. pieces to start moving and get, you know like some resemblance of a season and just continue as if you were having competitive games and things like that. And hopefully Joey Bosa turns it around. Yep. And the man gets two, two, two sacks. Uh, he, he had like, pretty sure he had, uh, two sacks. he had like two sacks, eight quarterback, like uh, five quarterback hits, eight hurries. It was like, if he keeps up that rate, he'll break the sack record in 12. Games. It's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's kind of thrown that whole, uh, Oh, the, the the training part is very very important. The guy looks amazing. Yeah, but he's had had a few weeks off. I imagine if he was there for week one, like that that could have been the difference between them winning a game. Like they could have had a, a different record. It could have changed the whole narrative for them. But you know, at least there's there's something for them to be in the future. And, and for all those that say that they're the best one and four team ever, and I'm guilty of that. Um, five teams in DVO, DVOA history have actually had a DVAO, DVOA over 10%, despite a 1-4 and four record. So the infamous 2000 Patriots were 1-4 and four at 17.5%. So the Chargers aren't the best 1-4 and four team ever, but they're certainly up there for it. Uh, speaking of 1-4 and four teams, the Carolina Panthers are also 1-4. and four. Can they recover from their 1-4 and four start, Josh Woot? Because you look at it and it's going to be a tough ask for them. Yeah. Um, the loss of Josh Norman we originally didn't think was going to be that big a deal, but it's, it's turning Looking out like to a be massive a, blunder. Uh, yeah, quite a hefty nugget. That is <laughs> correct. Gone. Yeah. Um, but you look at that, besides the Josh Norman and obviously Cam being out with concussion, by the way, he was seen riding a scooter, right, without a helmet. Yeah, the, guy, the guy's an absolute <laughs> buffoon. Well, like, we love Cam Newton, but that's probably the, the dumbest decision he's ever made. Um, no. A scooter in the middle of in the middle of Carolina, without like you, you Cam Newton, people are going to notice you. Man, put a helmet on. Look, 
honestly. Um, I mean, I know, I'm not putting him in the same class as RG3, but this reeks of that whole thing. <laughs> like a player that was, you know, completely loved, couldn't do anything wrong. And You're saying this is the start. It's not looking good. The guy, the guy, once he, you know, puts his head down, it never comes back up. He's, he doesn't, even though he is a fighter and can do amazing things, he doesn't fill me with confidence that mm. the, the Panthers can get back into like a game against yeah. a tough defense. Like, so if they were to go, if they were to play this week against, you know, the Vikings and he was back and they had, you know, full complement of weapons and they went two touchdowns down, I don't, I'm, no faith whatsoever that they would come back. Yeah, I I think I'm a little bit different. I remember last year when when there was times where they were in close games and someone would score and they they'd put to the sideline and you'd see Cam with the towel over his head and he just nod like yeah all right I got this and he was confident and I think maybe he's a very tricky guy. I think he's probably down on confidence this year given the start and the issues with his heads and head and concussion. But maybe this week out might be really good for him that he can get his head right and he can come back now. And I think. Now that they're sort of the underdogs and, and fighting for it, I think you may see him, you know, bring this team back from the brink. I'm not sure how they're going to do it because it's it's going to be really tough for them. But apart from Cam obviously being out, but the roster is not that bad compared to the team that went to the NFC Championship team. Obviously, Cam and Josh Norman are your two best players, but apart from that, they're not getting like contributions from like all their other starters and, and a few Panthers fans that, that we correlate with on Twitter are saying that a lot of their players had career years last year and sort of have taken a step back and can't replicate that form that they had last year. One player though, Greg Olson never lets anyone yeah. down. He looks like Five a Viking, one. by the way. I don't know, maybe you should join them. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Dennis Pitter hanging out. You mean Kyle Rudolph? No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, Dennis Pitter no. could join in too. <laughs> no, I was actually thinking of Dennis Pitter as like, a similar um, similar player that's just, you know, super reliable tight end. Yeah, but anyway, they both wear purple, all right? They're confusing me. Yeah, that's all right. By Division... the way, listeners, we are recording at after midnight. It's 12.30, so... That is correct. Uh, the division title is obviously out of the question with the Falcons being just legit. Um, you know, that win over over Denver was a huge shock. All the, all the smart money, statistics, trends, everything thought that Denver were going to win that game. Atlanta didn't. And then... You're looking at the the wild card for for them. You look at how everything's played out. So, realistically, you know, only eight teams have made the NFL. In, only eight teams in NFL history have come back from one and four to to make the postseason. So, you look at the landscape of the NFC. They probably need ten wins, nine possibly, if the NFC East and the NFC North sort of cannibalize each other and 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 steal some wins. Obviously, um, the Giants and Washington can can do that to some teams but uh, so that means they need eight they need to go eight and three or nine or nine and two over the rest of the season looking at their schedule would overall do you think they can do that no 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 it's they've got some tough games on their schedule they're at seattle at oakland at la two two possible wins against the new orleans saints yep but the the teams that they're going up against have you know really consistent good offenses and their defense is absolutely putrid so no matter the the, the panthers the panthers offense isn't firing well enough to c- compete with how bad their defense is and the other the other teams offense so you've got um uh, you've got teams like Kansas City who just know how to prolong drives and will grind you down and be able to score points yep. but then at the same time um Oakland always manages to score Seattle they're beginning to That's fire That's a tough two game road trip Right yeah, there. with with Jimmy Graham killing it now. Yep. San Diego, Rivers always puts up points, we so he's not going to struggle yeah. against that defense. And then we've got Atlanta, who are just we just saw them what they did God. to Cam. Yeah, it's what they did to that Carolina defense. Play, people got so, fired because of the way they played. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be really tough. But you know, if they if they can do it, um, you, it's hard to r- rule out it. You know, Falcons explosion. Remember, they were like six and zero or five and zero at this point last year. The Falcons, but it, I just sense that they're far more legit this time around with the way Matt Ryan's playing and this offense is. You know, like they they beat the Broncos out without relying on Julio Jones um, really, and they just killed them with this dual running back system and the way they're playing. And they got some some hits out of Keanu Neal and Vic Beasley as well. So. I can't see the Falcons imploding, so it's going to be tough for them given the way that the NFC East has got the Dallas Cowboys and Philly doing so well and Green Bay and Minnesota doing so well. So it's going to be tough. One thing, though, 
even though I was saying that, you know, there's two possible wins against the Saints, the Saints can, Drew Brees can easily, oh, easily destroy that it, defense as turn well. It on. But uh, in saying that, so, you know, you said that their defense is putrid right now, but, you know, if K1 Short really turns it up and like Luke Keekly and they can they can turn it around and, and make a good hot go of this, but it's hard to see them going 8-3 and three when they've got like a tough road road stretch like that Oakland Seattle in the middle and teams like Kansas City and Arizona on that schedule so it's going to be I agree it's going to be really tough um moving on does does Dallas actually have a quarterback controversy is there's this Dak no, Prescott Tony no, run no, Tony Romo just, conundrum let's put out this fire straight away okay no way so after the bye if Dak Prescott beats Green Bay next week plays impressive. Think, After the bye, do you play Tony? I Romo? think it'd be better. I think it'd be better and smarter for the Cowboys to bring him back for the Browns, which is I think after Philly, and that's good for Philly as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's not so about I, the uh, the old Tom Brady Jones approach. And, first, if first Jerry game. Jones and Garrett are listening, I, I, it's that, a really good option. It's a really good option. I think I think the Browns is looking good. Mm. Week nine, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Jones is on record as saying the Wooten Wife Show is my favorite Australian sporting podcast. So uh, yeah, no, I, I read that somewhere. We... <laughs> no, all right, but let's look at this, right? Ezekiel Elliott n- taking nothing away from that guy. The guy's playing amazing, and it, he's fulfilling all his potential. Fulfilling all his potential at the moment, and you can't take anything away. Taking nothing away from Dak Prescott. He's doing everything he can to, you know, make a claim that this will be his team as soon as Romo moves on or that Cowboys are ready to go in a new direction. But saying that, the defense for the Cowboys is such a surprise this season. Mm. No one saw this coming. Mo Claybo. Mo Claybo. Oh, no. Great great story. Great story. Who is this guy? And it's taken him what? Four Bloody years. forever to show <laughs> to show something, but now he's finally showing it. But I mean, the whole the whole Romo Prescott thing. Romo's a far better quarterback than Prescott is. Yeah, look, people Prescott just, could develop people into something. But... I know, of course he could, and like he yeah. probably will. Yeah. But at the same time, people are just yeah. Mate, come on. Do you do you think the Cowboys would have lost those that early game? No. If Romo was quarterback, yeah. hell no. No, they'd be undefeated right now if Tony Romo was playing. Like, he, look, I agree. Look, Prescott's been great, and this is the ultimate conundrum here. Is and this is what I wrote down: Do you see a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes, a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over, a quarterback who wins games and doesn't beat himself, or do you put in a quarterback that, at his absolute peak, could be the MVP of the league? And I would, you know, Tony Romo can lift you over these incredibly tough teams. Like, you need someone to beat the Vikings, to beat the Seahawks, potentially you know on, what, on the road. And I, I trust... We have, we, have, we have seen him implode in these situations. We have. But so. you, but you look at... If you really look at the numbers, in the fourth quarter, Tony Romo, over the last couple of years, has been the absolute best quarterback in the NFL. Better than Brady, better Wait. than Rodgers. Wait, who's a better quarterback of all time out of Tony Romo and Phil Driven? Oh. That's a, man, you're killing me with these. I don't know. God, I'm good. Anyway, that's 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 a, a poll. That's well, a poll yeah. for the listeners. No, that's who tough. has been the best quarterback of but, all time yeah, between those two. But you all know, right. Romo at his peak can can give you a deep playoff run, and you can win a Super Bowl with Tony Romo when he's at his and peak he can in this throw offense. Further than 15 yards. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Prescott. He's been very very safe, but uh, I think. It's a great, it's a great situation for the Cowboys to be in right now, though. It's honestly, it's like a win-win situation. You can really take your time with Tony Romo's comeback, and then when you're ready, you put him in, and then ultimately in the future, if he gets injured again or something happens or he doesn't reach that peak, you just put Dak Prescott back in. Problem solved. Move on, and you know, we'll wait and see. I can't wait for Tony Romo to win a, win a ring with the Cardinals next year, though. <laughs> do you, I know? <laughs> do you think though, like looking at this division now, do you think? That do you see this as say say Eli Manning's uh, Eli Manning's progre- uh, regression is for real and he starts to you know slowly decline and has a you know yep. a sl- slow decline over you know maybe this season next season yep. do you see this like because the Washington football team is just in disarray they're still they don't know what they are they've won they games really but know. they haven't quite won games if you know what we mean but, yeah and they don't know what they are they don't know if Kirk they've got no identity real I know. They they spent all this money on this, defense and thought they were going to be great. I think I know where you're going with this question. Is the is the future of this division a Dak Prescott v Carson Wentz every year? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it is. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the next. I don't know. It's like 
It's going to be like that Steelers-Ravens rivalry, I think, Joe Flacco and, and Ben Roethlisberger type thing. But I think that is the future. But I, I just think at the moment I just find this whole Prescott-Romo thing, and it, it's a genuine question. Like a couple of weeks ago I, I shrugged it off, but it has a little bit more merit after the way Prescott played against the Bengals. But uh, you got to you got to also recommend that, that that defense shut them out deep into the fourth quarter. Demarcus Lawrence is back. Mo Claiborne's balling out. It's a, it's a more complete Cowboys team than many people realize. Can I also say one more thing? And this is nothing against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are playing great. They yep. should be 5-0 and if Romo was playing. And yep. They're a great team. They're going to win the division. I don't think Philly will... I, I, I like you, Philly's chances you of... You weren't expecting it anyway. Them. No, I know. I, yeah. I like Philly's chances of possibly getting a wild card spot. Yep. But, I agree. But taking nothing away from the Cowboys, the Bengals are not a good team at the moment. No. Their offense is struggling because they, they thought they could overcome those players that they lost. They thought... You know, I don't think it was them. I think it was Dalton and AJ Green and Ifit and we didn't we don't need Sanu and Jones as much as you know, and they're really missing them. I know Ifit's been out, but at the same time haven't looked good. Then their defense is just doing nothing. Yeah. It's and the you look at their sack differential. In twenty fifteen they were plus ten, they had forty two sacks and only allowed 32 in 2016, they've only had 10 sacks and they've allowed 17. So you've gone from plus 10 to minus 7. So it's a huge, huge differential in, in your in your line play and both their lines are underperforming right now for Cincinnati, which is not which is not ideal. I really thought, given their roster and, and the players, they've got big names on the offensive line and all these highly regarded rated rookies, first-round picks, but they're not actually playing really well. It's um, it's it's. Do you, think, do you think also the um, the loss of Hugh Jackson hurts? Yeah, massively. I think when you put all those together, it's just little bits and it's just taking away your effectiveness. Look, 10% here from so, Marvin Jones, 10% so from much. Sanu, 10% from Hugh Jackson, and you've got 30, you know 70% of what was an okay offense last year now, a below average offense. And then Jeremy Hill's a little bit banged up as well. So we'll wait and see how that all pans out. Um, speaking of you know hot messes, how do you navigate the hot mess that is the AFC South right now? How do you Mate, how do you rate it right now? Like, well, if you have to pick someone I, to win the division right now, Titans. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's crazy, right? I really think they look that they they look the most complete so best team, and they don't look good. No, their their offense. I don't really have that much faith in it. You know no. what, Mariota looked not uh, too De- bad. Demarco game. Murray's playing really really well right now. He really is, and no one's talking about him. I know it's crazy. He's like absolutely no one. No one's talking about. Him. Well, it's fair. He's a Titans player. Like you barely ever get talked about if you're a Titans. You player. don't know how. You never know how the Titans are going until you actually look at their <laughs> their watch the them table. on Game Pass. Yeah, I know, but I I think it's really good for um, Demarco that no one's talking about him. I'm really glad that he's getting his career back together because he's a good talent. Like he he is a no, really he's still good not, player. He's still not playing to the best of his ability because of the coaching and that's the only thing but about But at the same time you don't have the line that he had. Like you just don't like their defensive had, their offensive line's playing really, really well right now. No, I know, but imagine yeah. imagine behind the Cowboys line. Yeah. I still think he'd he'd have the same numbers as Elliot. He yeah. would. Oh, you're talking DeMarco Murray. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I thought you were talking about Marcus Mariota right now. My bad. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. But you know, the Titans' offensive line in terms of pass protections playing really well. Their offensive line's actually behind the tight, behind the Cowboys, probably the second best in the NFL. And Murray's, Murray's playing really well. Their offense is playing well. The only knock for me is like Mike Malarkey is their coach and they're not using Mariota effectively. I think you'd get... I reckon they'd be an absolute shoo-in for the division if they had a different coach, someone that would just channel Mariota a little bit more. And they've they've blown a couple of games too. But when you look at DVOA, they're they're 14th in the NFL, leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the AFC South. You, you know who I, I really think doesn't get enough credit and should have another opportunity to get a head coaching role. Yep, Kyle Shanahan. I think he will. I think he'll get another go. I what he's doing at Atlanta is amazing. Yeah. It's taken a while though, but and the results we, are there. We've always we've never ripped on him. We've never ripped on him. We've said that, you know, maybe it was time to leave, maybe, you know, a locker room fallout mm. or you know, di- like arguments with players or something, maybe, yeah. maybe oh. it is time to find a different location, but we've yeah. never said that he he hasn't gotten the best out of his no. out of his I was I was like so that. close to jumping off the Matt Ryan bandwagon you know i love matt ryan and and it finally has, has all come into place in that kyle shanahan imagine you know if tennessee had an offensive mind that could just get that that thing going. i know the exotic smash mouth's working and you look at this division now and tennessee can go on a run here they've got a pretty cushy schedule over the next five weeks so 
They might be able to do it, but they're the, they're the 14th ranked team in DVOA. You look at the team that's winning the division. Houston Texans are currently the 31st ranked team in DVOA, just ahead of San Fran. Cleveland is better rated than them. Chicago is better rated than them. Their, their offense is currently the 27th worst in the NFL. You've got DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller, and Brock Osweiler is just terrible. He can't get the ball at all to them. I'm not sure. I think if the Colts beat them this week, it's game on in this division, especially with Tennessee playing Cleveland. I think they can get the win, and it's going to be a it's going to be a three way tie for this division. It's 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 a hot mess, but uh, I can see the Titans actually winning it. If Texans lose, Bill O'Brien gets fired. Wow, huge call. Wow. But I would. Thumbs up. I just used the hot 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 uh, button on you. All right, it's uh, Hopkins, Hopkins ain't getting the ball. It's not even as if he's like yeah. How can not you, making plays. How can you he's not, not getting the ball? Being targeted. I know. Brock Osweiler. Wow. Good news for them is they only owe him fifty-two billion dollars. <laughs> Another. <fuck>. Yeah. <laughs> and it, this is the week to bounce back. They got the Colts too. <laughs> oh boy. They better chickity check themselves before they wreck themselves, Cotton. One thing I wanted to say: that C.J. Mosley incident, where that we're where we're recommending a rule change. Yep. Cost Mark Trestman his job. No way would he be fired if they'd won that. Not running the ball enough cost Mark Tressman his job, and that's the end of that. Oh, he, I know he gets confused and goes, wait, how long has yeah. it been since I've run it? Did I run it three plays ago, or was I thinking about running play, three plays ago? No, I think I definitely did run it three plays ago, and he's up to his 15th passing play in a row. I know I know that's a problem. Oh. But at the same time, if they'd won that game, he would still have his job. True. All C.J. Mosley did was give Mark Tressman an extra three weeks holiday, and now he's uh, enjoying the uh, Florida summer. That's all he did. Mark Tressman's still a good offensive coordinator. He'll find a job. Uh, I don't know about that, but we'll wait and see. It's time for Bowback. You, 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 you got mail. 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 Goodbye. Our first one that splits through this before we preview Thursday Night Football is from Jacob via email. He wants to know, which team through five weeks do you struggle to read the most? As in, what team confuses you the most when it comes to judging them or their form or picking them in games? Um, I'm finding it difficult. Despite me predicting that they'd go really well, I don't understand the Raiders. I don't understand if they're a good team or not. They're Mm. winning. They're four and one. Their offense is firing. Carl looks great. Crabtree's yeah. the most clutch receiver in the entire league. And they look good, but at the same time, I'm just like, what the hell? Like, any given week, I can see them losing mm. by 30. Yeah, it's, it is it is a struggle. Mine's mine's Baltimore, I think. Uh, their range of outcomes are huge right now. They're really confusing to me to really pick games. Um, it's, it's a struggle. And another one is Buffalo. I'm not sure how good they are or not. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't oh know, my god! I don't Tyrod know if they're good. Taylor lining up behind the guard is probably <laughs> the greatest thing ever. That's worse than the butt fumble. The fact that you don't, you know, when your team sucks, when your quarterback doesn't know where to stand. Literally, you stand in the middle of the line, far out. This podcast should be explicit today because I just want to go on a rampage about all the crap that is happening. <laughs> That's, I totally forgot about that, but there. They're on a three-game win streak. Their quarterback lines up behind a guard. My, my. And do you know? Do you know? Do you know what makes it really bad as well? So he's looking. He's looking at the defense, right? And he's doing his little leg hike thing, and he's clapping. Not to like. Not only is that bad on his behalf, the center looks through his legs before and he still hikes snaps it, it, and then still snaps it to no one. Uh, they're oh, they're on God. a three. You know a... what? You know what? That team won. I know. So, well, they're on a three-game oh win streak, including wins over um, Bruce Arians and Bill Belichick and Jeff Fisher. Meanwhile, my team, hey. my team's got a hundred million dollar quarterback, and he's getting pummeled twenty times a game. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, but all right. So, have you se- have you seen their their games coming up? Yeah, they could make the playoffs. It's and I was going to say, Rex it's a ridiculous r- thing. And they lost Sammy Watkins, was- and they've actually gotten better. Yeah, and as this podcast is actually being recorded, Sammy Watkins doesn't require surgery, so could be, back. Uh, could be back. Wow, very, very, very interesting times. And Rex Ryan now actually had a cheaper price to be coach of the year than first coach to be fired, so interesting times in the NFL. What a time to be alive. Air horns all round. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I try to combine, uh, I think, and, and that was a mistake. I, I think we got to be all in. You know, it's kind of like being half pregnant. You know, forget that. We're all in. So <laughs> we're fully pregnant now. The last uh, couple, of, couple more mailbag questions. Who wins the NFC East? This is from After Forethought. And an over or under a number of quarterbacks Cleveland use this season. I'll go with Dallas and seven and a half. Damn, that's good, man. I was going to say eight, so yeah. All right, we're good. I like those. And you you just said before Dallas will win that division, even though you've got a vested interest. And our last question is at uh, from at just Nolly one. He said, "Why don't teams go for it more on fourth and two and fourth and one?" And my response is, "That's because coaches don't have enough balls, man." Um, there's a lot of soft coaches in the NFL. There is, but you know, a lot of this. uh, Who knows? Like. If you're if you're a coach that has it's come off a lot for you, you have more you have more rope, you have more leeway. If Belichick goes for a fourth and one on his own goal line and it doesn't come off, like they go, Oh well it's Belichick, he probably knew like <laughs> Yeah. You know, there was something there. But if you're a coach, like if you are um, malarkey and you did that, you'd be completely slandered. The team mm. the the fans and things would hate you and then you know, the team can flip on you that easily. Yeah. And it, it also depends where you are on the field. So if you're in your own half, I highly don't recommend that. I don't recommend I think going if, for it. For me, I have a general rule. If you're between the 40s and you've got a fourth and less than three, I, I would just go for it. All right, mate. That's just me. I like to be aggressive, but it, it can backfire. I understand. But anyway, it is time for our Thursday night preview. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, our first line of the week is the Denver Broncos minus three and a half at two dollars on the road at San Diego, who are plus three and a half at a dollar eighty-three. Broncos coach Gary Kubiak will not make the trip for Thursday night's game. He's got a dealing with a complex migraine condition. He was in hospital on Monday afternoon, and it's uh, it's a pretty significant story. But thankfully, that this migraine issue isn't anything worse, so uh, he'll be back, uh, f- you know, following uh, following this week. And they've decided that uh, the Offensive coordinator Rick Dennison and defensive coordinator Wade Phillips will remain in their current roles, and special teams coach Joe DeCamillias will be the interim head coach. So uh, that's, that's what's going on with the coaching staff. And then also on the Broncos' side, uh, Mike Cleese, a very reliable Denver news reporter, is reporting that Trevor Simeon is expected to start Thursday night's game against the Chargers, barring an unexpected setback. A little bit of a dis- disclaimer cover clause there for Mr. Cleese, uh, just in case... Uh, an unexpected setback ruins his uh, his source and uh, breaking news story. <laughs> some of the best, nice. some of the best reporting there. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> no, um, he is a good reporter, though. In all seriousness, but uh, yeah, thoughts on this I, game briefly because I we've... like the I like the Broncos. I like the Broncos with Trevor Simeon. If it was the other way around, it was Paxton Lynch. I would like the Chargers. He didn't look he didn't look good enough. He didn't look good enough. And this whole Trevor Simeon thing, where we thought. Really? Like, is Trevor Simeon really going to start? Like, whatever. He's actually it, good. He's a good, competent quarterback. It's... And I think this this defense has too much for what the Chargers are offering. And even though the Chargers will score points, where the biggest weakness in the whole Denver defense is their linebacking core and not being able to keep up with, like, speedy options and things like that. Yep. Chargers don't have that. Woodhead's not there. You don't yeah, have exactly. the quick Keenan Allens and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to work. If, if Woodhead was playing with Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen, this would be a totally different game because the way that the Atlanta used those running backs, Denny Woodhead would have had a huge game against against this Denver defense. I think that could have been really a really big one. I just don't trust Dexter McCluster enough to uh, to quite replicate Denny Woodhead's. I, I don't like that it's just over that field goal the way that... <laughs> The way that the Chargers have kept things really close, I've, I've generally been taking the Chargers with the start in most of these games, and they've been able to cover because of their their ability to just throw a fourth quarter lead. So I I got them underneath a field goal when it, the line first came out, so I'm happy with that. But the plus three and a half makes it very very tough. But I do like it that you can get minus three and a half at two dollars. So Thursday night football we've been generally going okay at. So I. Uh, I keep saying that this will be the first week that Adam Gotsis gets his first sack, so eventually I'm going to be right. Uh, I think this is the game that Adam Gotsis gets his first sack. 
right. And uh, hopefully, yeah. Gots has got this. He does. This hopefully, uh, hopefully, it'd be awesome if he does on you know primetime television. But uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, I'm probably going to lean towards minus three and a half here with the Broncos. But wouldn't shock me at all if the Chargers win this match. Like it, it just would not surprise me. They're, they're not that bad of a team. They're really not. They're really not. They had a zero point zero 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 three four percent chance. Good memory, man. I think you yeah. actually nailed the correct about a zero. No, as well. I did nail it because I'm that well prepared. Or you yeah. just you just scrolled up. No. <laughs> or the rap sheet. That would have been smarter. Actually. Yeah, it probably would have. Been. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't so know where that is actually. <laughs> we're both, anyway, we're both taking Denver minus three and a half on Thursday night. That wraps up the show. Uh, please, Lunar Bowl. Uh, we're, we're hosting a Super Bowl event, in case you haven't heard, at Sydney, uh, not Sydney, at Lunar Park in Sydney, just past the Harbour Bridge there. It's $150 a ticket. Sounds expensive. Oh, but... we're really selling it, aren't we? Yeah, I know. It's $150 <laughs> a ticket, but unlimited beer, food. You get a, a, a sail gate in the morning, a, a cruise with beer and bacon and a roll on your way in. If you are an Optus customer. Yeah, it's available you, on Optus Rewards. You, yeah, so Optus Perks, go through that avenue, and I'm pretty sure it's 20% off, so wow. there and, you go. And a portion of the money goes to Save Our Sons, an amazing charity who are helping us out with the event as well, and they do just phenomenal things. So we're hoping to be there'll be an NFL player there as well helping us co-host the event. So please check that out. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. Myself at Woot, etc. You can follow the show at Woot and Why. Please like us on Facebook, The Woot and Why Show, and give us a follow on Twitter at Woot and Why. Stitcher, iTunes, Wooshka, and Radio Hub. Check us out, please, and give us an iTunes review. Peace. Bye, guys.